This is the Line Waits Over Coffee Podcast, Episode 7. Apart of from architecture, we are, we are, I think our capacity to filter information is a skill that humans need nowadays. I'm mostly talking with industries and companies who are in building construction. And uh, you can't think about tomorrow, you need to think in five or ten years what's happening. That was our guest Francesco Cingolani on this episode of the Limeweights Over Coffee podcast where we're talking all about this special master's program here in Paris that you can apply to. So if you've been listening to this podcast and you go back to episode one where I talked about a couple of goals I want this podcast to do, one of the goals was to get you guys some knowledge about other master's programs that are out there. So most undergraduate architecture students will be considering you know, going ahead and doing their master's program, but it's very difficult to go ahead and find a school and especially know about some unique schools out there. You can only know so much about a school from their website or looking at their students' work, so it just makes sense that you have someone on the inside of these schools tell you really what the program is about. So this is our first master's program in that series. We're looking at the Design by Data program headed by Francesco at the École des Ponts, which is just outside the city of Paris. It's a very unique program and I think it's a great opportunity for architecture students to not only be able to meet people from other disciplines, but also just be encouraged to work and collaborate with other people at the same time and just do incredible interdisciplinary projects together. So with this episode, we're going to talk about what the program actually entails, what kind of projects the current students are working on, if you're interested, how you can actually apply to this program, and what kind of jobs will be available to you after you graduate from the program. Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode right after at our website, lineweights.coffee, where you can find all the information you need to know about the Design by Data program. We'll be back right after this. This show is brought to you by Budget Buoy. So guys, I'm terrible at budgeting and I've tried all kinds of budgeting apps before and Budget Buoy is the only one that has worked for me. So unlike other apps that track your transactions and show you your budgets as charts or other graphic data, Budget Buoy keeps it real simple and actually helps you change your spending habits by encouraging you to consider how you're faring every day. It changes your perspective on budgeting and allows you to take action on your finances. Now, the best part about this app is that you can share it with your friends, family, and classmates. And I think it's great for architecture students who not only have to track their everyday expenses, such as food and groceries, what I use it mostly for, but also for school supplies and studio projects so those expenses don't spiral out of control. It's available now on Apple and Android, and you can try it free for 30 days. That's Budget Buoy, keeping you financially afloat. Hi, everyone. If you like what you're listening to and want more content like this coming your way, remember that the best way to support this show is by getting an Adobe CC subscription through our website at lineweights.coffee. Now, as architecture students, we rely heavily on graphic presentation tools such as Photoshop, InDesign, and Illustrator. We wanted to make it really easy for you to learn these programs and have created a set of high-quality tutorials complete with all the example files for you to learn the fundamentals to creating excellent presentations. So we cover Adobe Illustrator that teaches you how to properly import and manipulate your 2D drawings. We're talking line weights, line types, hatches 
finding those vector scalies and textures and so on. Then, of course, we go into Photoshop where you have your renderings, you're adjusting light, materials, scale figures, even how to link your 2D drawings from Illustrator right into Photoshop. And then, of course, we round that all off with Adobe InDesign, which is the best publishing software out there in order for you to actually make your posters, linking your files, setting up your paragraph styles, proper printing procedures, archiving, and so on. Now, this course is actually a $109 value that you can get for absolutely free when you purchase an Adobe CC subscription through our website because we get a commission off each purchase. So to find out more, just go to our website at lineweights.coffee and click on Adobe. Thank you. All right, guys, welcome back. Today, my guest is Francesco Cingolani, an architect who's worked professionally for many years before on projects such as the Paris Philharmonic and the Department of Islamic Arts at the Louvre Museum. Currently, he is the co-founder of Volumes, where we're sitting at right now. It's a incredible co-working collaborative space that's run by a group of interdisciplinary designers. It's got a lot of features such as a maker lab, a food lab, and so on. Just a great place to be. And Francesco is heavily involved in academia as well. He is the associate lecturer at the National School of Architecture and Landscape Design in Lille. He's also the founder of the Design by Data Advanced Master's Program at the École des Ponts Paris Tech. This program, the Design by Data program, is an exciting one-year program teaching students all about computational design, covering technologies such as parametric design, 3D printing, digital fabrication. So Francesco is here to talk about this program today, why it's relevant in the industry right now, the type of skills that the students are expected to build, and what kind of careers could they expect to have once they get out of school. So Francesco, welcome to the program. Thank you very much for inviting me. Francesco, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what brought you to Paris? Okay, um, yeah, um, so um, I, I'm an architect and engineer. I studied uh, between Italy and France, and this is the, re- the thing that bring, bring me in Paris as a student uh, with an Erasmus program. And uh, I think it's relevant to uh, say that I had a very technical background from Italy and a very artistic one uh, from the school in Paris. Um, And I think my career was built around this, you know, um, very different um, backgrounds. So I've been studying a lot uh, in Italy, engineering, structural uh, design, etc. And when I came here, I ended up uh, doing my final project with uh, an artist, uh, Jacques Famry. Uh, about architecture but it was a very, with a very artistic focus and uh, yeah this is the way I built behind my career so and uh, now I'm after having worked for several years in architecture firms or urban design firms uh, and also I've been collaborating with uh, some studio artists uh, all over, I mean, over the Europe. I mainly worked in Spain, France, and Germany. I never worked in Italy, even if I'm Italian. Um, yeah, and uh, uh, so now I'm, as you said, very uh, involved in uh, a lot of initiatives uh, here in Paris. So uh, I founded Volumes two years ago. Uh, and uh, one year after I founded the Design by Data program at Ecole des Bons. And right now I'm, I've been very, I, I work a lot now to the launch of a new project, which is um, 
an association, uh, an NGO in Paris called Fab City Grand Paris, which is a collective uh, bringing together makers, um, the makers movement here in Paris, the Fab Labs, and uh, also the council, and a lot of uh, uh, stakeholders and uh, industries. And the idea is to work towards um, how to look, uh, how to make Paris. Uh, a productive city so it's uh, about uh, product producting things and goods in the city and uh, analyzing how uh, the city can evolve in order to make it happen uh, yeah and uh, yeah i think my at some point in my career i i needed to decide if i wanted to found found my own firms or doing something something else and i think that what we are we are achieving with the people i'm working on uh, today is a kind of new way of understanding the the architect uh, you know nowadays mm -hmm. so this is the the maybe the focus i have when i doing projects Yeah, I think it's interesting also because you were on more of a traditional route, you know, working in architecture firms, but then you kind of decided to break from this and explore other avenues. I mean, I always tell architecture students that architecture is not the only thing you can do. Your degree allows you to do so many different things, and you are an example where you have taken that. And now you work with artists and with people of a more technical background, and you kind of have a holistic idea of what normal people would see as different disciplines, but rather how they can actually work together and what they have in common. Yeah, I think I yeah, totally agree with that. I think that I spent 50% of my time trying to um, explain or communicate how the different things I'm doing and we are doing are related and have some coherence behind, even if it's, you know, from a, a first, at first sight can be very unrelated Uh, we have a food lab here, but so we are working a lot with designers around food. And actually, just yesterday uh, or two days ago, one of the teacher of the master had a lecture, give a, gave a lecture, and uh, uh, he ended up he ended up uh, saying that um, to, to the students that uh, nowadays uh, is very uh, it's, it's a wrong idea to think that architecture is the only um, you know, uh, issue for architects. And um, I really can't explain why, but I, I, I think that, yeah, an architect is uh, about putting together things. Mm -hmm. I think I understand the, the architect, architect like this. And so it can apply to a lot of uh, fields. And I think also digital design is leading us through, you know, this... Uh, opening i mean uh, the, the, uh, breaking boundaries you know because when you are uh, work with digital you don't have boundaries you know in google you don't have boundaries in the web you don't have boundaries so it's a kind of exercise to adapt to this because our culture is made of boundaries yeah. while the world today is not anymore like that. So Interesting. So digital architecture opens an architect up to all these other opportunities. I, I think, for instance, I, what, I, what I always um, say uh, to people that are trying you know, to understand why I'm doing different things is, uh, is I'm highlighting that I use the same tools 
mm-hmm. exactly the same tools to do all of this project. You yeah. know, okay. you communicate with the, the same tools. Uh, we have the same space here at Volumes. Uh, you use the same social network, you, you use the same protocol to search the web, you use the same tools to design things, even if you are in different fields. So. Yeah, I think that makes complete sense. Now, coming back to digital architecture, uh, I'd like to talk about the design by data program. So I'm thinking, I'm a student, I want to do a master's program soon, and now there are hundreds of master's programs out there, and I feel it's overwhelming to put the responsibility on a student to research all of them and then figure out the ones they want to apply to and then go through the whole application process. But there are all these programs out there that are very specialized and offer a very unique opportunity. So I just want to understand, I mean, I know a little bit about it, but for someone who has no idea, what would you tell them? What is the Design by Data Mm, program? Yeah, so first, Design by Data uh, is uh, about uh, computational design, digital manufacturing, and building technologies. These are the the three main focus of the program. And yes, I agree that even in these uh, fields, you have a lot of programs around the world. And the way I I built the program is the same way I built my other project. So it means that it reflects um, the experience uh, I had during my career and also that I that we had with other people working with me. So it means that we wanted to uh, find to to get to create a response to a need of some firms that work in a very specific way uh, with an interdisciplinary approach, merging engineering, creativity, design, uh, and some sometimes art or society, also social issues. So I think that, um, yeah, the design by data put together all these uh, um, topics and the, the common point is data. I mean, and this is the vision uh, we have uh, in the committee for the, the the next years of architecture. We think that data is the new uh, material to work with, uh, and we understand uh, that through data you can, uh, you know, use a lot of different parameters to inform your architecture. So the way. In the way design by data is unique, I, I think is, yeah, it's a very, I, th- I would say, visionary in this sense. And also, which is quite uh, unique, is that um, maybe regarding two other programs similar, it's the only one that merged high level scientific uh, research labs at Ecole des Ponts with, you know, engineers that usually don't come out from the lab. Right. Yeah. And uh, all this uh, innovation uh, movement of digital uh, startups uh, and uh, also fab labs. You know, we are putting this together in the same space, same place, because we, we believe that this is how innovation uh, can be made. So I, I think that there's no another program, in my knowledge, that brings together, you know, very uh, high-level engineering with artists and uh, designers and architects, etc. So are all your students coming from an architecture background? No. 
the way we build the the select the the way we select students is that we want to have 40% of architecture background 40% coming from engineering and when i say engineering it is very large i have coastal engineers this year i have uh, engineers coming from uh, product management you know or business etc but they want to convert to design and the 20% uh, is the smallest part but maybe the most important for me and also the most difficult i think to select because i think it's very important to have very original profile bring um, you know joining the the program so for instance this year we have uh, an an artist working with uh, digital um, you know with data basically doing uh, some something that he calls data bodies so he work on how to create objects from data and another student that has a more uh, natural science background so and for the next year we are having a lot of application from people coming from business school or you know with a, a very business profile but they want to get into design so even as a student if you join this program your classmates will have all kinds of different backgrounds and will be from all over the world. Yeah, we have also very diverse country represented in the in the group and this is quite awesome uh, even if it's not something that we decided but we started we have uh, someone from Australia, we have people from Colombia, from Morocco, Spain, uh Saudi Arabia. Um yeah, so it's very I think it's very exciting for students. Also, the one thing that unites them is the English language, right? I mean, this program is taught in English. Because I think most people will think this is a program taught in France, mm. so why would it be taught yeah, in actually, English? Yeah, actually, yes. Uh, people, uh, I, I mean, it's true that it's the only... Uh, at Ecole de Pont, they, they're running uh, 15 uh, masters, I think. And I think we only have uh, one or two in English, so... But yeah, for me, it was very, very, very important to to have a very open uh, background. Uh, I mean, open, you know, uh, way to to get here and study in Paris. And also, I think what I what we are highlighting and, and now is that Paris is getting a very, very exciting city now to be for innovation startups. It was not like this five or ten years ago. I'm, I mean, just yesterday I was discussing with someone from Barcelona that uh, I think that uh, now it's the, it, I've been living in Paris for more than 15 years and this is the only moment now. I think that it's very, very exciting to be here because a lot of things are happening. Yeah, that's so true. So also what you were talking about earlier, that the city is changing, these programs are coming up, and now there's a program that you run. I just want to understand, uh, your program is quite specific. It's talking about digital architecture, data, and did you start this because you felt there was a need for this in the industry? You saw something was evolving in the industry, and you thought to yourself, well, we need more students that are qualified in these particular aspects. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Uh as everything uh, I'm doing um, and we are doing here in my network is very intuitive. I mean, from one side is intuition and then we try to test things. So my, in, 
I mean, my feeling when working with um, in architecture firms was that um, there's no Uh, tr training or no profile uh, that are you know um, ready to work with uh, data and um, pro I, I would say procedural approach to the project no I, I think we architecture schools mostly focus on the the object and drawing the thing we are going to build while working with computational design And uh, that data is mostly building and designing a process, an algorithm or a series of, of algorithms that are able to produce something at the end. Uh, and this is a completely, for me, it's a completely new way of understanding, uh, you know, the, the architecture. It's, you can do that, this with the same skills. So in my experience... I saw that I I have been learning, you know, during a pro professional experience, how to deal with process, which is totally different than dealing with a a, build, a, a drawing of a buildings, right. you know. Yeah. Even your and I'm, I'm not only, only talking about learning codes, etc. It's mostly being able to uh, adapt your creativity uh, process to this, uh, you know, new way of understanding and also be able to predict the results, etc. So somehow I, I, I felt that uh, there's a lack of uh, training, especially here in France, uh, about this. And so it's, I started very naturally by small things, running a three-day or two-day workshop, international workshop in Paris, I've I've been inviting uh, uh, people here from Barcelona, from uh, Italy, from the YAC, from uh, other um, institution, mostly young designers. And uh, I mean, we have been running for I don't know maybe ten workshop in two or three years, and uh, every workshop or almost every workshop was sold out, and we had people coming from everywhere. I'm which I couldn't uh, expect so at the end and it also it was very difficult to um, organize the workshops etc yeah. and also you know it was not recognized by any institution so at the end we needed we we thought that we needed to do something um, more you know Uh, organized and important and recognized by the institution with a degree, etc. Uh, and so uh, I met Ecole des Ponts and we started the program like this. And I think that the program is a way to, I mean, it's, it reflects not only this uh, new field that is emerging, that exists now, but uh, is still very, um, you know, um, small in uh, but i think it's most it's a real uh, uh, fo uh, focus on the res research and development for the next year i i i've been i'm mostly talking with the industries and uh, companies who who are in building uh, construction and uh, you can't uh, think about tomorrow you need to think in five or ten years what's happening so the the program focus on that i i've been Most of the time I'm receiving increase from companies that want to join the program and they say, okay, it's very interesting, but how can I apply 
nowadays and I try to explain that today you can do things with that you have a lot of projects going on but it's mostly being on the edge for the next uh, five years you know it's like 3D printing for architecture nowadays you have very few projects uh, that are built like this but it's about uh, you know be there for the next uh, five or ten years so it's really interesting that you're running these workshops they're getting full and people are coming here from all over the world and in your mind you're thinking well there are students out there that are interested and want to learn this why don't we have a full master's program for it and now you have one you have students going through it could you tell us a little bit about the projects that they work on and the type of work they do? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, some of them are confidential, so I cannot talk about them. But yeah, uh, for instance, I have uh, two of them are working on uh, two different projects related to computational urbanism, which means, which is, in my vision, in my way of understanding, is related uh, to the Fab City. Uh, approach, which means how we built uh, basically the future of cities, how we shape the new neighborhood, um, how we shape the new uh, you know part of the city of of, the, of developments, and they are mostly focusing on uh, choosing data like uh, solar. Uh, solar data, environment, um, wind, uh, wind data, or you know, daylight or uh, point of vision through the city, which is most interesting to see. Uh, and they are using all this to um, run uh, a, a lot of uh, process and tests to modify the buildings or uh, to create new shapes of building that can optimize this. And for me, uh, yeah, I think that there is a very, this is very interesting because I think that the impact can be very huge because it's a lot of, you know, the building of the city has a lot of impact in the, the business in, in the business of architecture and also on the environmental, uh, you know, uh, CO2. Uh, so this is very interesting. And they are doing, one of them is doing this uh, in an office, uh, which is leading a research project called MESH about computational urbanism and the other one is working on um, uh, favelas so uh, trying to apply how how to approach the emergency of favelas but with them um, you know uh, data-based process uh, so another example is on a student who is uh, wanted to work uh, at the intersection of traditional buildings in stone and robotics. So now, what he's doing is uh, is trying to uh, teach a robot, let's say like this, to build a wall from uh, natural stones, wow. which is very interesting because uh, natural stones are every piece is different. It, you know, it's very very different from bricks because so there's a part of the process which is about uh, recognizing the geometry of the stones and then. Uh, now is into developing how the robot can build uh, a better world than a human with that, you know. And then we have a guy working with pav a pavilion, uh, 3D printed pavilion, and uh, we have also a girl from a company uh, from Lyon who is working on um, facade that can uh, move, so opening and closing uh, depending on the environmental data. And uh, yeah. 
this is these are the example of projects I, I can give. So if you are an architecture student, you're bringing in say skills like Rhino and Grasshopper. But you know, if you're a student from another background, you're bringing a completely different perspective and a completely new set of skills to the table, and it's a combination of these that create these incredible projects. Yeah, for instance, the guy from uh, coastal engineering is used to work with data, but with a completely set of tools, and th- so it's very interesting to see how he can interact and bring this to the group. So yeah, it's very. Uh, you know, inspiring. I think that uh, it can be overwhelming at the beginning, in the first month, because students get get a lot of different inputs. And I think uh, one the main challenge at the beginning for me was to uh, try to keep their their keep them open minded and receive a lot of things, but also stay focused on what the, their project is. Mm-hmm. That's very difficult to do in general, let alone when you have all these other things going on. Yeah, but I think it's something that people need to lead with uh, nowadays in general as a part of from architecture we are we are i think our capacity to filter information mm-hmm. is a skill that uh, humans need nowadays yeah with all the influx of information that yeah. we get so one thing i've heard about the program is that it's a one week per month so a lot of times when students go through a program it's every week almost every day you're in school so could you tell us exactly what that means one week per month okay uh yeah so um uh, it's called uh, it's an official uh, format let's say that we um, adapted to our needs and it's called executive part-time which means basically uh, that is a design a program that is designed for uh, in order so people can keep their professional activities if that because a lot of people that are in uh, you know already working so we have you know the the, the, the girl from Colombia who is uh, tra- traveling back and forth because she's running she's running an office an architecture office there so this is the reason why we have been uh, having this one week per month here in Paris, which doesn't mean that the rest of the time they don't do yeah, anything. <laughs> but uh, so it, the rest of the time they are more in a very free uh, path. Mm-hmm. The idea is that we give them resources. So we give them uh, online tools uh, to communicate, to interact, and we give them uh, uh, access, full access to co-working spaces and fab labs. Mm-hmm. So they can, you know, if they are more uh, full-time students, they can be here on or in the in the fab labs in Paris to work on their project, the researching, meeting people, meeting uh, entrepreneurs, companies, etc. And that's the way how they spend their time. Or uh, if they are more running a business, they can get back to their business. And the idea in this case is that uh, one of the projects that they are working on in their company is the case of study where they apply the design by data program so they are you know working uh, on this project both in professional activity and in the week of course and uh, another option is that you can uh, make an internship during the three weeks so we have students that are you know having internship here in uh, architecture office also in the fab labs you can get an internship so and the the idea is that you have uh, to build your own uh, path during the year to understand how you 
keep uh, how you you keep uh, how can you uh, work in the three weeks outside of the course so that one week is mainly you meeting the students and the, having the official coursework hours uh, but the rest of the time i mean the students they're working on their projects or they're working professionally they're working in an internship they're working in the fab lab they're basically going all over the city and meeting other people and collaborating. And just so people understand, like we here, like we're sitting at volumes, you know, we're not in the university, right? We're somewhere separate. So these students are going in multiple locations all over the city. They're not localized or bubbled in on a campus, so to speak, but rather this is encouraging you to go around about and gain as much experience as possible. So, I'm a student, you know, I come to Paris, I do the program, I work really hard, I finish my thesis, I've now graduated. What kind of industry am I looking forward to? Basically, like doing this program, how am I placed in a situation better than some other students for, you know, the specific industry? Yeah. So, um, I think that, uh, yeah, after the design by data, you can, you, I think you have two group of, two set of uh, jobs that you can, uh, you know, think about the more traditional ones which could be you know working in an office with and in which uh, students usually get uh, to work in as facade designer or complex geometry or maybe uh, a lot of time is um, find uh, a position in a, a studio where architects and engineers work together uh, so design by data is a good uh, program for that because it's un building this interface between uh, architecture and engineering. And also now more and more architecture studios are, are willing to have a kind of department of computational design and robotic 3D printing. So, yeah, 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 exactly. It can be a couple of people or, um, you know, even a, a big group of uh, like five or six uh, uh, professionals. But uh, yes, yeah, so Design by Data can give you access to this kind of uh, departments within uh, architecture offices. And then you have uh, the more, you know, uh, in, in part of um, uh, startups and innovation. So you can come with, in Design by Data with your startup project which can be i don't know the next era of 3d printers or uh, a software that uh, is a plugin or for grasshopper i don't know or uh, anything else and you can uh, for instance nowadays today we have um, student working on a startup bring, uh, building uh, uh, greenhouses that are adapting to the local condition by ge the geometry so in, the, in this case, you are more in an entrepreneur position right. so that you can get also some help from the, from the fab labs and from the school in order to get uh, your startup uh, running when you go out. And the third, uh, there is also a third and more specific uh, uh, possibility is that you end up working in one of the research labs of the school mm -hmm. if you are, you know, you can be hired as a researcher in the school. Mm -hmm. On one hand, you're saying that there are these firms out there that are investing in having their own department within their teams that specialize in certain tools like computational tools. On the other hand, you're saying that you would get access to these tools as a student and you would be 
better suited to apply for those positions, uh, but also that you get a certain level of independence and could do something completely different on your own because you'll have a set of tools and a network and a group of people that think the way you do, and you could go ahead and start your own thing, which I think is uh, quite incredible. I mean, just thinking as a student getting out of my master's program, I have this idea, I have the tools to be able to start my own business, and it may be related to architecture, it may be something completely different, but it's your idea, you know, it's what you want to do. So uh, how does one apply to this program? Someone is listening to this podcast, they think, uh, you know, this master's program is amazing, I want to go to France for a year, I want to do this thing. How do they begin? Like, when should they start applying? So the first thing is the, to visit the website, maybe designbydata.org. Uh, and f you can there you can find a brochure of the program and usually people uh, start by this and then they they have questions so they contact me or my assistant at the, at the school and I'm spending a, a big amount of my time uh, at the beginning of the year answering this question I think is very important I mean I understand my job my position as director of this program as a position where you need to explain a lot what is this about, you know. Right. So I, 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 I'm very uh, interested and uh, I think it's important to spend time doing this because it's not uh, something, you know, that existed uh, for years and it's very clear. It's very, you know, into innovation, new way of, work, of working, etc., so this is the second step. And then if the, 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 the student decides to apply, uh, there's a form that you need to fill by January. Uh, to, if you want to apply for September, you can usually application open in January. And then you need to provide the, all the documents. And then you, uh, if, you are, uh, if your documents are okay from an administrative point of view, you, you get an interview. And then there's a selection committee that uh, give you a feedback to so let you know. The interview is over Skype or something like that? Yeah, usually 80% is... Uh, I was start, uh, we started uh, two days ago having interviews and yes, uh, five, four of them was uh, over the Skype and two were, were from people living in Paris. So this program is going mainly out to architecture students. So what are you looking for in architecture portfolios for this particular program? Yeah, uh, I think the first uh, criteria for me, we are different persons in the committee. So I am one of the person in charge, but you also have uh, people from the research lab at school with more, you know, let's say scientific approach to selection. For me, the main, one of the main criteria is uh, motivation and understanding of uh, the vision we are giving of the future of work, of design. I mean, by that, I mean that uh, sometimes students are worried because, hey, oh my God, I'm really interested into this program, but uh, I don't know grasshopper. Uh, this is not a problem at all, but uh, we want students to give us an idea of what they, I mean, I, I, I don't want to have students saying, hey, this is cool, I want to apply because I don't know what to do in my life as an architect. Right. Uh, in, in, the let, in the motivation letters, it's very important to find why people want to study this specific, yeah, 
And also for, for me and the school is very important that the person, once they are out, they have a very interesting project to run, you know. Mm -hmm. So this is the main uh, uh, criteria for me. And after that, also we ask a student to come with a project, a research project. So this is also a criteria if the research project proposed is uh, interesting. And yes, these are the main two uh, points. And then you have more, you know, um, specific ones like, uh, for instance, if you have a very uh, original background, like if you come from business school and you never did uh, 3D modeling, for instance, we ask you uh, to propose, to, 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 to give us a plan where you explain us how to, do you get uh, there and they have a 3D modeling basis when the program starts. The only, the, the only technical requirement we ask is a, a solid knowledge of 3D modeling, which means not being able to model in Rhino or any specific software is mostly being used to work in 3D. So you know what is a vector, how do you move in space, uh, this is the most important thing for us and it's, it, it's quite challenging for uh, in one of the most prestigious engineering school uh, in France and in the world to be that open, you know, because basically you are saying uh, that you can come from everywhere. But I think it's important for, for the program. Yeah, I think that's important. So students don't have to be experts in Rhino or Grasshopper. I mean, those are tools and you learn more about them when you come here. But you need them to at least be able to think in 3D and be able to express your idea in three dimensions. And you're looking for students that have an intent, like have a project intent, and they're able to come in. And even though they may not know how to do what they want to set out, but you're giving them the tools and the network to be able to make their projects come true. Mm, yeah, sure. All right, Francesco, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, guys, that brings us to the end of this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed that. So the Design by Data program is really quite a unique program. In fact, I've, I don't think I've ever heard of another master's program like it. It's definitely worth considering if you are an undergraduate student right now and are considering doing a master's program. So coming to France, I mean, I can just tell you from my own personal experience that when my wife got into a school over here, we, you know, we sold our cars and sold everything we had, put the rest in storage, and we just found a way to get over here. And uh, I can tell you that it was definitely worth getting out of your comfort zone and going to a completely new place with a new language and meeting new people, learning new things. And just putting yourself out there in a way like that, you know, it's something that you can't replace. And if I was an undergrad right now listening to this a couple of years ago, I know that I would definitely be applying to this program. Now, having said that, I know that the first thing that's going through a lot of people's mind is cost, right? How would you actually fund yourself to come over to a new country and actually do a program like this? If you're in the United States, you could have funding for schools there, but how would you actually fund yourself for a school that's abroad? If you are on a student visa, it is easy to work on that visa. And I know students that are doing internships and they get paid and that kind of, you know, helps subsidize their living expenses like rent and food and so on. And then, of course, there are people that are actually in jobs and their company is paying for them. Either way, cost is something that is a giant priority. And I think it's worth 
in the very near future that we do an entire episode just on funding and how you can find resources out there that can help fund your trips abroad and help you study for a year up to, you know, how many ever years your program may last to be able to help you out with that. Now, I'm really excited about our next episode next week. We are talking all about online resources with Ari Willem de Jong, who is the co-founder of Think Parametric. And we're going to go over, you know, the tools that we found online to help teach us basically all the software that we, you know, kind of use in architecture today. You're going to need a pen and paper and you're going to be jotting down all the, the list of, you know, entire resources that we go over. It's a great resource episode and I really look forward to that next week. So I'll see you guys then. Mm-hmm.